to our sidekicks and henchmen out there. What's up? Are we starting? What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening. This the beginning. (laughs) Hi guys. Katie, just tell us when we're starting. Okay. (laughs) And go. All right. What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to Gutter Talk. Go. No. Gutter Talk. Thunder. <laughs> Thunder round. I'm, oh. I'm Johnny Destructo. With me this week is none of y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> Get the hell out of my store, which is at 4327 Main Street. Street, Philadelphia, PA. Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. With us this week, Noel. Hey, guys. And Brandon. Hi. Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. Until we find our way through a conversation, and then that's a, maybe it gets an email, right? Get we get letters. Uh, but this time we have such an epic email that we decided we would just the whole episode is probably just going to be this email. But this is email the show. It's an it, apocalypse almost. Of it's, emails. Whoa! It's a pink apocalypse, Brandon. So pink. Definitely ap- a red hue. <laughs> Longtime listener, friend of the show, Pink Apocalypse, has written into us after having seen Rise of the Skywalker, and they have gone through all of the all of the Star's War, <laughs> the entire Skywalker saga. There we go. Yeah, she has gone through. So we thought it might be kind of fun to just do a Star Wars episode. So that's mm-hmm. sort of this is our springboard. Her email is our springboard to just do a Star Wars specific show. Right. Because we all we all enjoy the the those things with the, light, the light swords and the the, the forcings. Yes, right? it, it's such an intense email that it requires an intense response. Yep. Yes. But this is not the Star Wars show because we don't want face. trademark issues. Ah, yes. <laughs> so it's the Star Wars show. No, yeah. it's the War Star show. <laughs> The Star Wars show. Goddamn. Yeah. Star War show. <laughs> yes. Just the S's. But if you see it really no, fast, yeah. the Star Wars show. Right. It sounds the same, but it's yeah. not. Yeah, exactly. I got you. <laughs> TM. So uh, the email is, is pretty long, uh, and we're going to take turns reading it, but I'm going to start us off. Pink Apocalypse starts with, hiya. It's an excellent way to start an email. I'm already in. Look at that. I need to purge something out of my system. Going to risk a book-length opinion email here to reflect back on Star Wars now that the main series is over. Consider this a final Star Wars purge. This is just a personal demon I have to exercise. After venting this, I'm officially done with Star Wars and will never talk about it ever again. I've listened to your after-premiere responses to the sequels, but wonder what your opinions are now that you've had time to reflect. A little bit of background. Uh, She gives us a lot of background. So then I'm going to jump to the... She (laughs) very nicely provides us with a... TLDR, too long didn't read. I am a person who appreciates the art of filmmaking and also science fiction when well done. You will find no feverish Star Wars fan here. 
Your thoughts here, maybe? She, it's nice that she even throws it to us. Like, here's where you interject. Uh, in preparation for this email, and in response to this email, I printed it out and actually wrote every single spot where she said your thoughts, maybe. <laughs> in Except red. It's color-coded, yeah, by the so way. I can, I can see, see that. So I had um, all the thoughts that I had were based off the background that we didn't just read. So... Let's just move on. Oh, wait. But before we do, because I meant to say before we started the email, I really appreciate Pink Apocalypse's email because it made me uh, dive deeper into Star Wars knowledge. I, yeah. I did some research, and it was real cool. So, uh, I mean, the, the TLDR of her background is the fact that she's just not a feverish fan, feverish fan, and she basically only judges it so much so on the movies. Right. All right. Ancillary, or ancillary titles and books and video games and comic books she does not really explore. She considers the spine to be the movies. So yeah. later on we'll get into like, if it's not in the movies, it's sh there's no that's not an excuse. You right. know, like, oh, you didn't read the book where that is, ex is explained and she doesn't, she doesn't fly a, with that. That is a very good point. Uh, I actually should have read that. That was a very good point. Um, the fact that Oh, you haven't read this book? Well, that's what that gives you the answer to what happens in this episode of the mm -hmm. of the movies. Yeah. Well, it shouldn't have to, right? I think, I think that's a cheat. I think okay. that's fair too, what she yeah. says. But I also think the movies, the other stuff should count for for people. So, like, if I say I enjoyed X movie because of X book, I don't think that invalidates my. Oh, opinion. of course not. No, I think not at all. It's an, it, right. The ancillary stuff is there to enhance right. your enjoyment. In addition, um, and also at this point in the trilogy and in, in the saga, right, with all these movies that have been coming out for so many decades, um, it's obvious that they are leaving little nuggets for the other ancillary stuff to be to explore those things. So mm -hmm. I actually look forward to those coming out um, after Rise of Skywalker, the little things that they've dropped. I go, oh, okay, well, clearly they're going to show us more of this in either a book or a comic book series or a TV show, and I look forward to that. So I don't think it's to be ignored, but I definitely don't think you should need them to enjoy the main Right. Uh, one of, yeah, one of the things that I had mentioned in my notes that no one else can see but me is um, – that when it comes to the animated shows, m personally, my mileage varies. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they're super important. They just kind of enhance. And then yeah. all of the other, like, ancillary stuff, it's it's if it comes across my other interests or if it l overlaps some of my other interests, then I'll explore it. But just because it's got the Star Wars banner on it doesn't really mean shit to me. Nope. Right. So, like, the only reason why I read the... Mar the the no the new Marvel Comics series was because I'm a fan of Jason Aaron. I mm -hmm. like it it being Star Wars really did nothing for me. So like this idea like my notes literally just say yes, yes, yes because I completely agree with her. Like the movies are our primary canon, everything else is just fluff, yeah. extra, right. fun. Yeah. yeah, and that's the way it should be. I me. agree. It was something well, like this. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, agree. I agree. I also thought that the hot take, the idea of just Jettisoning, jettisoning all former canon via books and comic books over the last forty years was probably the smartest thing that Star Wars or that that Disney oh, could yeah. have done. I'd, you mean Marvel? I wish they well, had, Disney. Oh, you, I thought you said DC, but yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish they had just could have done both, but. If not, then well, I mean, yeah. they did do both in so much as all that stuff is still available. It's True. just not in. It's not considered canon. I just wish they could have at canon. least given them something to like finish it. What was? Because like, like done something where like it could have had a wrap up. Because yeah, there was, a, was there really one thing to wrap up? Mm -hmm. I mean, at at a certain point, like it, the story was continuing through like certain books. So I wish they had given them, like, a chance to at least write like a final book that like wrapped up whatever like 
any EU characters and stuff like that. Oh, I see what you said. Well, I understand why they didn't, but, well, I don't. I understand why they didn't keep it going. I don't really like that they didn't give them at least a chance to finish. Well, if they were not considered canon, they technically could still finish it. No, I don't think they they can. Well, I mean, anything could happen. But was there some sort of, like, main thread that was being explored? I I know that there was a bunch of different, like, side stories and side characters that became just as popular on the pages. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about, like, a primary thread that they followed for four years. They pretty much followed Luke after six, like, continually throughout the, like... There's a set of, there's like, I mean, I know I'm going to be going through about like 40 books because I'm planning on going through Legends. Mm-hmm. And over those 40 books, it tells a specific story. It follows Luke throughout those books. Yeah. Okay. Right. But if your main thread is Luke. Right. Then that's all the more reason. Like, don't even, don't even want to continue that and give the possibility of confusing newer yeah. people coming that's fair. on. That's you fair. know, like if the main thread was like some ancillary character. Then I would hear I hear you on the wrap up, but if the main one is Luke, then you don't I mean, want to keep that. To going. be fair, I don't really know what it was towards the end, but I know like the solos had twins and they were real important. Right. Yeah, so like, remember them to people. Maybe give them that. like a all, wrap up. Yeah, all that stuff in direct opposition to where they wanted to do with the yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah. You got to yeah. just cut that off. Like, keep it done. You just got to put it in a box, set that box on fire. <laughs> no. And then roll it out into the water. And say like a, a prayer. Viking funeral. For yeah. for the legend stories. <laughs> <laughs> but as Ahsoka said, there's always... Never mind. I'm bringing in the shows. <laughs> Stop uh, it, never, mind. never mind. Just finish it. Ahsoka. <laughs> in, the sh- in, the the sh- <laughs> in the show Rebels at one point, Ahsoka says there's always truth in legends, which got a lot of legends fans really excited. But, oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's pretty cute. Was that... You think that was intentional? It I'm definitely sure. was. Yeah? Sure. That's cute. Um, so, Pink continues the original trilogy. Star Wars was a lightning in a bottle classic hero's journey, escapism, and nothing more, despite belated modern attempts to claim otherwise. There's nothing deep here. If you have ever followed the making of A New Hope, possibly even before it was retitled A New Hope with journals like Starlog, you already know what a shit show that movie should have been. It was only saved by George Lucas' wife in the editing room and John Williams' score. Seriously, look at the original footage shot and story structure initially planned. Lucas had a blizzard of ideas, some great, many bad, but had people around him to act as a filter for those ideas and impulses. It was a demonstrative exercise in the necessity of collaboration and the power of camera work, editing, and score. The amazing end result was practically a fluke accident. Your thoughts here, maybe? No. Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) I do not disagree. Star Wars A New Hope is a masterclass of story structure and narrative archetypes, not plot originality. The alchemy of the team is stronger than the vision of one man wanting to fill this admittedly hollow world with imaginative details. I love it all the same. So I agree, and it wasn't until the prequels happened. uh, There was a clear dividing line in my brain Mm -hmm. when the prequels came out, and I went, oh, shoot. All right. Uh, it, it was all the people around George mm. that, you know, and, and all and all the um, not you know not only the, the people around him, but the budgetary constraints. Okay. I think right uh, were yes. very important into creating sort of the happy accident that was a new hope. 
And so when he didn't have budgetary constraints or no men, there's the opposite of yes men, uh, they'd be like, nah, George, we can't, we can't do that. Or like maybe midichlorians isn't a great idea. Um, right. You know, all this, all this things that I think are prob, I want to say problematic, but like not great about the prequels um, could have been avoided if someone was there to like have a conversation with George. So, um, uh, yeah, it was, it was very clear that leaving him un, untethered was not a great way to go. I love it. You know, everybody loves A New Hope, but I love it for what it actually is intended to be. Just a piece of escapism, mm-hmm. a reminder of, if you're an older person, of the sci-fi from your youth, especially if you if you love, like, the old, like, Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon shows. Um, it basically is a reminder of that type of stuff, you know, jazzed up with the technology of that day. Um, and... That was it. Like, honestly, it was very cool that there was, you know, the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and all of that. But if Star Wars had existed all in until itself, it still would have been it still would have been great because it was just this boom, this pocket thing. Very slight story, mm-hmm. actually, when you think about it. And you, and, and you you really race your mind and think about actually what happens in the movie. It's not a whole lot. It's just like a little bit, a whole lot of bit back and forth, mm-hmm. you know? So um, it is what it is. And it is the happy accident. And if you look over George Lucas's actual Oof. film career as a writer and director, you can see how much of an accident it really was. Not only that, but they took uh, his original script for Star Wars and made a comic book miniseries out of it. Mm-hmm. They took his exact script and then put it out. Uh, and it was very clear that that was a mess. Um, yes. I read the first issue, and then I couldn't even I couldn't even bother to move forward with it. As interesting as I thought it might be, right? I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, I would say I always have felt that George Lucas is a good world builder, but not necessarily a good storyteller. Yeah, and I think that's evident. I, I, I mean, personally, that's why the EU is so important to me because I've never I honestly don't love any of the movies that much, and New Hope is pretty well on my list, in fact, but. Yeah, I, I like the world of Star Wars, and I think I like when other people play in it, but I've never really liked George Lucas's story that much. Yeah. He's only been involved with, like, three of them. Well, no. Three and a half. Well, but he was still the overarching vision behind the six, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, Yeah, sure. I mean, he, he only really, like, the, the, the middle three are the ones that are exclusively him. Right, the the prequel trilogy are the only ones that are exclusively him. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it was just There's large a bunch concepts of, yeah. and other writers filling it out. Right. Yeah, and then he wasn't involved at all for the most recent. Yeah. Next, we have the Return of the Jedi. What? Empire. Empire Strikes oh, Back. Sorry, I scrolled down a little bit too far. Next, we have Empire <laughs> Strikes Back. Brandon. Okay. <clears throat> God damn it. <laughs> I didn't really mean to do that, honestly. It just kind of came out. (laughs) Empire Strikes Back was less haphazard, resulting in a more refined and elevated work. But story details were still being made up at the time. There was no grand narrative being strictly adhered to, despite weird modern revisionist history claims being made on the internet. It was arguably better because it was even more of a collaborative piece than the first, with actors allowed to improvise lines, such as Han's I Know, 
And that kind of magic isn't possible in a dictatorial effort. On a side note, as a huge David Lynch fan, I cannot help but wonder what kind of batshit crazy result would have been, would have resulted if he had accepted Lucas's offer to direct Empire. Instead, Lynch basically told him to get fucked and went off to direct Dune instead. Assessing that movie is a whole other discussion. Your thoughts here, maybe? No. It is more elevated, more story-driven, and definitely more contemplative in regards to actors and their characters. As to why or how this was allowed, with air quotes, on this one over the last, I can imagine had to do a lot with confidence. After the success of Hope, Lucas and team, including the main actors, were essentially given a blank check to take risks. They cashed the check and it didn't bounce. Because it didn't bounce financially or critically, they didn't need to pivot for the next sequel, potentially see episode eight. Hmm. I think it was more driven by where they want to drive the story as yes. opposed to where Lucas bleh, wants to take it. Do you know what I mean? Like, And I think a lot of the actors' choices are what drove that movie and made it more endearing to mm-hmm. the fan base. More so than the word on the page. It yeah, remains to this day probably my favorite of all the Star Wars films. Yeah, it's my favorite too. Well, no, I'm not going to say it's my favorite, but it's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I can say it's not my favorite is because I just don't like the cliffhanger end. I don't ah. want my favorite to be the one that has a cliffhanger. Sure, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? um, but uh, it is cool. And, and really, like you say, the characters are so much more explored in that one. You know, mm-hmm. that's the rogue. That's the rogue that we love of Han Solo really yeah. comes to life in Empire. Mm-hmm. Not so much in if you really go back to New Hope. New Hope, not really so much. Um, Going back, though, uh, if I'm thinking of the correct one, he is a little pushy mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to Leia. It's a little yeah. creepy the way he's the, the two of them are walking down that hallway and he's like kind of cornering her and all that other stuff. But that's I can't tell if that's just uh, Harrison Ford, because he also does that in um, the Indiana Jones films. He's a little... It's like, I'm just going to force my kisses on you. I think just filmmaking at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it was filmmaking. Yeah. I, I don't remember. Now, did you say that? I don't remember. Oh, Indiana. you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm sorry. Not. It's, it wasn't. Um, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. It was Blade Runner. Okay. He got yeah, I'm about to say, a little rapey as hell in that movie. Indiana Jones, creepy. his character, woman-wise, is a yeah. little more passive. I think the the biggest gift to that movie was almost also the time jump. The fact that we're yes. three years later. Two years later? I think it's two. Two? Um allowed everyone to just really fill it in like yeah. immediately this person's a general this person's a this and you mm-hmm. you just rolled with it they didn't they didn't hold your hand and take you through it mm-hmm. right it was it was great but i think you know when we're talking about the more recent films everyone's flabbergasted that there's no overarching um plan for episodes seven eight nine but i don't think there was really that much of a plan here either no so you know that's that revisionist history Pink's talking about. It's yeah, a little you, frustrating. You think, you think there is, but there really, yeah. there really is. Well, I, the Darth I, Vader's your dad thing was a last-minute switcheroo. I don't necessarily think that's an argument against having a plan, though. Oh no, no not at all, <laughs> not at all. It's just, it's just there wasn't not this overarching story that these three movies were built to tell. Yeah, that I think people want want to say. I think the difference though is I would assume that when making it, he at least had ideas about the next one i i'm not saying he knew anything but i assume he had some at least like rough sketches which i think the new tro- the new the sequel trilogy didn't have and i feel like that hurt it i you know what 
I don't want to say that he didn't have that, but I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't because making movies at that time was a it was you didn't make movies thinking that you were going to do a sequel at that time. You weren't thinking that you were building a a universe at that time. And also he did have to jump through some hoops just to get Star Wars, the first Star Wars made. So it was very much a gamble. So yeah, he may have loosely had ideas, but I don't think I, like anything written down. I, I really doubt. Well, it. he, um, I forget where I read this or heard it, but when they were in production of the original, he commissioned a writer to do the novelization, but then also do a draft of a sequel, a potential oh, sequel. Okay, okay. And the idea was to make the sequel much smaller in scale in case it's a flop. Oh. So I forget what the, it was something Edge or Razors or. That sounds um, familiar. Oh, that does sound good. Familiar. Something uh, Razor or ra- Razors Edge or well, no, that's, something that's like that. Um, but either way, like there, he did always have that idea of like I'm going to create this world and we're just going to keep telling stories. But the logistics of this person's connected to this person's connected to this person. Yeah, I think that that was just like L- Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. Pitching it. Mm-hmm. And it working as opposed to this is a grand plan that Lucas the- had from the onset. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. His his really big innovation, and this was a this was a, definitely a a bet on himself, was him saying, "Okay, um, give me the licensing rights." That was the big steal because when that happened and that movie blew up, 20th Century Fox was like, "What?" Yeah. Um. We'll get into it later, but there's a lot of there's a lot of things that Lucas did. Like despite his weird ass flaws, there's some shit that he did that has benefited filmmakers oh, for dozens of decades since. One of them is including owning your own stuff and licensing and self financing. Like the most <laughs> successful independent movie of all time was Empire Strikes Back. Right. Oh. I'm sorry, I was just thinking Dozens of decades. Dozens of decades. Yeah. At least 120 years. At least 120 years. years. For 120 years. Dozens benefited upon dozens of decades. <laughs> t- like, since the inception of cave paintings, <laughs> Lucas, George Lucas George has Lucas, been yeah. a natura. On all And his jowls. <laughs> Guado? <laughs> Return uh, of the Jedi was a mixed bag at best, J.D., the nostalgia goggles people have for it astounds me. The Ewoks were not well received by the quickly aging male nerds. The new, bigger Death Star provoked eye rolls, and the narrative structure is not well done. The movie is essentially making up reasons for Han and Leia to exist once the barge heist concludes. The end result is a film with a curious opening, the rescue, compelling middle, the training, and strong ending, the redemption but not gelled together. Everything around and between those acts just cracks apart from the strain of nakedly making things up, such as the sibling connection, and trying to pretend that was the plan from the start. In contrast to earlier work, Lucas and company had clearly run out of original ideas, but they managed to piece together a not-great-but-good-enough finale. Your thoughts here, maybe? Noel? <coughs> <laughs> Return of the Jedi is not a masterpiece and is clouded by my personal nostalgia. It is the first movie I saw in the theater and was the most rewatched in my youth. 
in hindsight, its flaws are apparent, but still manages to stick the landing for me due to my adoration for and charm of the main cast, as well as the goodwill from Empire. The notion of taking our heroes to their absolute lowest and then ending a movie in an effort to build tension for years was super effective, and I appreciate Return of the Jedi for releasing the story valve. Endings are hard. <laughs> Endings are hard. Is it? You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Not. And and it, it was it, it was a movie that almost couldn't fail because you were waiting mm-hmm. for for it to come back. The se- nobody saw Han being frozen in carbonite and like, what do you mean this is the end of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. What, get no yeah. because I was in the movie theaters. I was there. Yeah. I was there with everyone. Like, get the no! Like, <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe this. What's the next movie? Four. You had. To, yeah. I mean, you. I think you waited like maybe three, four years because that was. I mean, you were like, what? I remember thinking that of Back to the Future too. And then this is pre-internet. Mm-hmm. And as much as you had books like Starlog and everything like that, Starlog was not like on the every newsstand. So you didn't know what was happening yeah. on the set. You know, you were like, what? So it was almost a movie that you knew they were going to rescue Han. Mm-hmm. You just wanted to see how it happened. And even then, because it was the first time of a cliffhanger, you don't necessarily know if they're going to rescue mm-hmm. Han. You're just and like, neither did they. Yeah. Well, that's true, too. Um, oh, because they didn't know if he was coming back, right? Because yeah. Harrison Ford was like, get me off this crazy thing. He was movie to movie. Yeah. 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 Well, Harrison, well, he's a, well, he's he's a rogue. God damn it. I still I respect him. I still love Harrison Ford. <laughs> I don't have Ford. to like you, but God damn it, I respect yeah. you. Um, I remember my um, <clears throat> my one of my earliest memories is uh, apparently I had seen Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars before Return of the Jedi. Because I remember my mom had come to me. And she brought me the newspaper, and in the middle of the entertainment section was a double-page spread. And they say, they say, my my real name's Doug. Doug, look at that. Who's that? What's that? And I was I was a tiny little itty bitty baby boy. And I was like, and they were clear. I knew they were clearly excited for me to see this thing, <laughs> and uh, for me to respond positively about it. And you're like, look, look, who's who's this? Who's this? And I'm like, I don't know, because <laughs> um, I think. If memory serves, which it rarely does, uh, it was the Ewok plant. It was Endor. Mm-hmm. And I believe everyone was in their like camo outfits. Yes. So it wasn't like you saw Han Solo in his bounty hunter outfit. Right. or um, So you couldn't see them. The smuggler outfit, I should say. So I, they were in, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. They were in camouflage, <laughs> so they were invisible. Um, <laughs> God damn it. So yeah, and I remember my parents being disappointed that I couldn't tell who these characters were. But then they told me, like, oh, look, there's, there's the... Princess Leia and blah blah, and then I got excited. Right. Um, nobody asked me for that story, but I gave it to you. It was a good story. <laughs> I, I also, you know, the other, the nice thing about that original trilogy is that, yeah, in retrospect, Return of the Jedi is not one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Um, it's a bit of a retread of New Hope with the whole Death Star thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, but at the age I saw it at, there was no negativity. Mm-hmm. It's not like I went online and everyone was negative about it. Like True. in my whole my own little circle, everyone loved it. My my mom loved it. I had all the action figures. I couldn't wait to go see it again. Mm-hmm. I had the you know lunchbox and all that mm-hmm. marketing stuff. 
merchandising. So um, I do have very positive memories of Return of the Jedi as yeah. a film and for as me. an experience for me. Me too. I've got those nostalgia glasses mm-hmm. as well. Um, admittedly. Yeah. So, yeah. Very admittedly. Yeah. Openly, too. Like, yeah. just... Like, all right, Ewoks. I don't care, man. Ewoks are cute. Penup nub. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Wicked. Penup nub. Nub nub. I've got Nub-nub, a. Yeah. I've got a back oh, tattoo of, of Wicked. Hmm? Just like right here. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never. I never got the whole. You know, like hate for the Ewoks thing. They were fine. Yeah, especially at my age, man. I was like yeah. the big teddy bears. They're like me-sized teddy bears. Get the fuck over here and hug me, bear. I love you. <laughs> I would say. Ewok, get the Wicked. fuck over here and give me goddamn affection. <laughs> No, keep going. That was it. Um, I was just threatening, you know, Wicked with my hugs. Personally, I agree with everything she said. I used to, Return of the Jedi used to be my favorite of the original trilogy. And I rewatched all the movies before Rise of Skywalker. And it didn't hold up quite as well. I agree with what she says. Like, the beginning is great. The training in the middle is great. And the end is great. But there's other parts in there that's not yeah. not so great. Mm-hmm. So but I found, like, even as... A- some of the training stuff I found a little boring. Mm-hmm. Like as much I as I, too. as much as I love uh, Yoda, I'm like, all right, running and jumping, and it's well, fine. especially coming off of the beginning, the yeah. opening, the rescue, because the rescue is like that. Literally, could have been the movie. Yeah, for all I'm concerned, and he could have just ended it or cut straight to the Death Star. Okay, yeah, I wish they did. Yeah, a lot of but yeah, do. I remember being disappointed <laughs> in the how quickly dispatched uh, Boba was, Boba Fett. I mean, at the moment, I didn't know he was anything other know. than an action figure. Yeah. Even though he did kind of like... Actually, he wasn't anything other than an action he figure. He was an action figure, and I thought he was the coolest. And he did look cool. For no reason. Other than, oh, it looks cool. He did look cool. Yeah. What I... Of all the, um, you know, reimagining that George Lucas has done to the original trilogy by going Ugh. back in there and putting in all the extra special effects... I do think that Return of the Jedi has the most egregious. Definitely, yeah. Is that one. the dancing, singing yep. woman? No, that's not even who I'm thinking about. Oh, um, we, the one I'm thinking about is that at the end where he oh. plugs in um, Hayden, uh, Christensen? Hayden Christensen, yeah, as you know the the as young Annie? Anakin. Yeah. I disagree. As that being the most egregious <laughs> change. There's worse things. In the special editions, for me it was um, Luke screaming while falling down in Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. So in Empire Strikes Back, the original, he chooses to kill himself or fall down the the cavern um, instead of join the dark side, which is an honest choice, good choice. And in the original, he does not make a sound. It's just like a a determined and accepted. I'm out. This is your piece. But in the in the special edition, they add a. That's right. That's right. I'm like, so why would you bad. do that to your hero? But I give you that, and I raise you. Han should have still shot first. Mm. Well, I will go fish you because I don't know poker, and say. <laughs> and say he agrees because that's go fish. They got we got a match. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still think what JD said. The dance scene is just the worst. Yeah. It's awful. I don't even remember what scene are you talking about. They uh, added at Jabba's palace. There is an all new dance scene. Yeah. With, whether is it, is it it's Twi'lek? Is she a Twi'lek? No, Vinnie Boombots. It's just a uh, alien. Oh. Oh, that's with the right. Big, like, with the kind of like yeah, mouthy yeah, thing. Oh, oh yeah, the boop boop boop. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that is kind of the anteater mouth. It's a whole dance sequence. At awful. least it's its own like alien. standalone sequence, as opposed to them like 
awkwardly animating Jabba around old footage. Oh, that was rough, too. Yeah, yeah. like, that stuff where they inserted things was almost more egregious than adding, like, hey, there's a do-back in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I never really had a problem with the Anakin thing, but, you know, that's my age. Like, also, I was too, used to it. Yeah, when I was younger, I didn't know that, that fucking that's guy was, was... Yeah, I was like, who's Darth that Vader? dude? Who's that guy? Yeah. He's that's not, why he's not also, scarred and on fire. I've seen a lot of people saying they wish... Spoilers, by the way, for, for Rise of Skywalker. Um, Everyone dies. People were saying they wish we had seen the Force Ghost in that movie. Mm. And the way I see it, no one was going to be happy because... If you show Anakin, you're going to get people saying the same thing they said about Return of Jedi. It should be the old one, even though he's dead. So how are you going to do that? Mm -hmm. And if it's the young one, I mean, if it's the young one, they'll say that. If it's the old one, people are going to be like, that's disrespectful. I think it should be Jake Lloyd now. Yes, that's what it should be. <laughs> Jake Lloyd should be all of the Force yeah. Ghosts. <laughs> yes, every Force Ghost played by Jake Lloyd, yeah. present day. Point. Exactly. So, yeah. Next. Next we have... Wait. The prequels, they are a disastrous mess, full stop. It's the result of an ego unrestrained with no one around him acting as a filter for his own ideas and impulses. The narrative structures have has no coherence. There is virtually no substantive characterization. There is no clear protagonist. It attempts to juggle four desperate stories and tones at once during the finale of the Phantom Menace. It tries to rebound from the criticism by piling on heaps of fan service in Attack of the Clones. Lightsabers and uh, Fett clones and Yoda leaps. Oh my. It then staggers across the finish line with Far Too Little, Far Too Late in Revenge of the Sith. Another narrative and total mess. All three had an extreme overuse of CGI and a lack of real camera work. All three movies are literally shot soap opera style with A camera dash B camera switching and almost never leaving a blue screen set. Anyone attempting to claim there is anything worthwhile about any of these is speaking from a purely subjective feverish Star Wars fan position. As an art and craft these movies are objectively garbage with the techniques quote unquote not utilized. Perhaps worst of all for me on a personal level, Yoda as an action hero utterly destroys the philosophical point of his character in Empire. Noel, your thoughts? <laughs> yes. <laughs> A positive spin, however, being that the technology developed due to Lucas' untethered ramblings about trade negotiations, slavery on sandy planets, and the importance of having higher ground have served the vision <laughs> of artists for an entire generation. The proliferation of digital filmmaking was made possible in large part to Lucas' prequel trilogy, and that is a solid price to pay. Also, we got Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, which I still like, and even if it was unused, love. Am I crazy when it comes to Obi-Wan? Th everyone loves... Ewan, Ewan McGregor, McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm. he does not sound to my ears like Alec Guinness. Well, he's no, not. Alec know. Guinness is, was about what? a good 30, 40 years yeah. old. No, no, him. but I mean, just the way he speaks. Like, I remember it was, I was reading about it because I was so excited about it. I remember I'd almost had, I think I probably had tears in my eyes the first time we had the big swell of music when episode one happened. Mm -hmm. um, and I was reading up about it before it was even coming and he was working so hard on his accent and the way he talks and how he was like really studying Alec Guinness and like every time he opens his mouth it does not sound like what 
Obi-Wan eventually becomes. They still feel like two separate characters to me, as opposed to, for instance, I'm watching a TV show about Stephen King called Castle Rock. And in season two, um, there is an actress playing young Kathy Bates' character from Misery, and she has her down. It feels like they just younged, <laughs> just made her younger. Um, and so I never felt like Obi-Wan was the same character as in the original trilogy. What do you guys think? I'm just, I've been dying to ask this question. I, I feel like I'm the voice, only one. I think his voice is similar enough, and I can see, like, hearing Alex Guinness in my ear and hearing Ewan McGregor in that movie, I can hear him trying to affect something that sounds yeah. approximate. So it, it You can hear him trying, is well, I what mean, I but, just I mean, but it didn't distract... I, I wasn't distracted uh, at all. Yeah, I, I wasn't distracted. Master. I mean, you were I thought, one thing, Master. I thought his characterization was good, and so I don't really care if like mm. the voice sounds the same as yeah. long as he's acting the same as yeah. he does when he's I older. I like Obi-Wan, and I like Ewan's Obi-Wan. It just it feels desperate than anything that comes after. I think uh, towards the third movie, too, he was very... Less, con- he was incredibly less concerned with sounding like Alec Guinness. Yeah. The the first one was very like tempered and like yes, huh. like mm. he's got that monster. weird bro, yeah, the monster. But in the third one, he it's just it's just not a Scottish bro. He's yeah. just trying. He just to doesn't. Yeah, he's trying to get over yeah. it. He's yeah. like, oh god, higher ground. Time for three. Yeah, shit. <laughs> um, I I can't. I've tried, man. When I remember uh, every time that the new Star Wars movie comes out, me and my friends we sit down and we're like, all right, we're gonna watch all the ones up until this point, just because it's fun and you know shits and giggles. And I think we were doing episodes one, two, and three. We we're doing one a week. Mm. The first three weeks, or the, I guess the second three weeks. Three longest weeks of my life. We fell asleep every single time. <laughs> we're like, all right, here we go. This is gonna be it. We're gonna enjoy it this time. Mm-hmm. Every time I fall asleep. Um, I really, really would like to see the um, Topher Grace. Oh yeah, whatever cut of like he took all three of the prequels, made one movie out of it, mm-hmm. and that's what I that's a I feel the best you're gonna get. Yeah, well, we had this conversation before. I think you could you could literally get away with um, introducing the kid to the Jedi, immediately Duel of the Fates. And then, like, two scenes in Attack of the Clones uh-huh. and the last 45 minutes of... And it's, that's Revenge your, that's your movie. Yeah. That's yeah. as much plot that you can maybe squeeze out of those mm-hmm. almost nine hours of film. Yeah. Yeah. I disagree. I, I mean, I personally, I don't think the first two are good at all. And I don't think three is really that great either. But I like three. I think, I think the first two are awful. I think three is okay. Um, Which part are you disagreeing with? Yeah, I think you just. <laughs> well, I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> but I still the part where she, where specifically, where Pink says that um, Revenge of the Sith specifically is a narrative and tonal mess. I definitely disagree with. I think that's the best narrative of the three. And also, um, where she says that as an art and craft movies are objectively garbage. That's not true. Yeah. Art is subjective. But personally, I think that, um, especially Revenge of the Sith, I think does t- like I said, it tells a good story, and I think all the whole, th- all three of them, I think tell an interesting story. It's just buried in a lot of badness. Yeah, to be fair, it is not a tonal mess. It's a terrible tone, but it's That's not. Fair. It doesn't. It doesn't like go peaks and valleys and and tries to like. Well, actually, wait. No, I take that back. <laughs> it is a tonal mess because you got like fart and shit jokes. And then slavery. 
in the same scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which one? In in episode one. No, Poodoo. Poodoo. And then like a fucking but she's farting and all this. We're talking about Revenge of the Sith. Revenge uh, of the Sith. Though. Oh, that one is a is a more fuck. That one's I think has a more consistent narrative and tells a say, yeah. concise story. I can't watch not fair. a great one those movies because I I I swear. I feel like I'm watching a video game. Mm-hmm. It's, I, this, I cannot, it does not hold up. No, the CG. Um, I, and I appreciate, like you said, no, you know what, what he his introduction to you know digital camera work and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. And I appreciate that it kind of like really got its leg up because of what he was doing. Because to be fair, there were other people doing it. Um, not with that kind of backing at well, all. No, like, that's what I'm saying. He so forced he, he's the he one forced that, theaters to purchase right digital. Uh, projectors yeah, certain, certain and stuff. Cameras yeah. For, yeah, for his film. So yeah, so he's the he's the one that really made it, you know, as prominent as it is. So good on him. But he easily could have just done that through, you know, his company. It yeah. didn't, he didn't have to make the movies. Agreed. And and the movies, are, I just I can't I can't watch them. Is there a net positive to having the prequels in our lives? Like I think there's a net positive. I, I like you know as much as as they're a slog and they're not very good and it's terrible acting and and the CG terrible everywhere. Like I think that at the end of the day, all of the pros only mildly outweigh the cons. I don't think that they're the absolutely okay. I mean, net positive, as in like right. contextually, also it's benefited not just as movies. It gave us the Clone Wars, so there we go. Yeah, See, so for you, this and, it, and the Clone Wars gave us Rebels, JD. Then yes, great. The prequels begat. We're gonna the talk Clone ourselves Wars into a... begat the Rebels, and also, that's why I like it. Um, can I... yes, but if you're like most one. people, yeah. and you're really only considering the movies, yeah. the yeah. canon, well, then. But he said a net positive. Net well, positive. Yeah, but I yeah. think net. He's talking about net positive overall. Yeah. Well, but I would argue like, if you don't like the Marvel movies, you wouldn't say they give us a net positive. Huh? Wait. Uh, so uh, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, the Clone Wars is a good series, and that came from the prequels. And what you're saying is, most people don't care about the Clone Wars, therefore, that shouldn't count. And what I'm saying is, I think it depends on the person. Because if the person doesn't care about the thing, then of course it wouldn't count for them. But no, I, you're right. It does depend on the person. But I think over, if you're talking about, especially something as Star Wars that mm-hmm. crosses beyond the realm of just its fandom and mm-hmm. crosses into the general public, the general public is far going to outnumber the the fandom, and therefore that that larger number could care less about. Clone Wars or Rebels, yeah. I would argue- and thus I think that that doesn't shouldn't count. And if you're trying to figure out whether or not, yeah. it's a net and positive. I and I do need I do mean the net positive of just the three movies. Mm-hmm. I think what we've gained as this is going to sound so stupid. What we've gained as viewers, fans, and uh, consumers is technically a net positive just those three movies alone. I'm not convinced. I feel like those three movies not only are a hindrance upon themselves, yeah. but I think that they make the original trilogy worse. Yeah. Because you've got things like people are flipping and doing all sorts of acrobatics and all these amazing lightsaber duels with all these amazing different lightsabers. And then in... Um, uh, you know, A New Hope, you've got two old guys just waggling their sticks at each other. I think that's more 
that those are just not that's just those are badly choreographed fights right I, but it, i mean the but prequels that was what it was at the time right Story but wise. my point is that even if the prequels were amazing those would still be badly choreographed fights sure and then we also have things like um uh, all the technology like it just it didn't it's not consistent mm-hmm. they went from this golden age of technology and now we're down to our you know the I, atari but I, think, but I think that's what the sequel trilogy did really well. They merged the two yes, kind of styles. I agree. So you've got like the pre-war, during war, and post-war. That's a mix of the pre and, and during, mm-hmm. which I I think uh, so. Like visually, even though like if you just took these three as al- alone, mm-hmm. it looks like digital matte paintings and nothing is real. Mm-hmm. And when you, especially when you compare them to the original trilogy that's supposed to come after all of this. Yeah seeing the sequel trilogy and how it kind of um, elevates both of them, mm. both practical and CG. Yeah. It, I think it, I think overall style wise it works. I don't, I feel like this technology is totally fine. If you look at, I mean, they're rebels. So the rebels, their technology isn't very good, I'm but the empire, the I think the empire's technology screens. doesn't look that, no. that more advanced or anything. It just felt, it, just, it felt disjointed to me. I think we all overall, other other than Brandon, I think we all overall, we, most of us agree that these are I agree hard that, movies yeah. to get through. Definitely. Yeah. And they overall do affect the brand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ms. Apocalypse has a prequel side note. Brandon, you want uh, to? I think no oh, one wait. wanted to read that. I'll do this one because okay. I have like direct. Uh, prequel side note. For you young kids out there, back in the 70s, George Lucas used to be tight with director with a director called Francis Ford Coppola. I believe he was named Francis. I believe he was also named Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> yeah. Excellent Call, wineries do we as well. Know? Oh, uh, we don't know where Pink's from. I just in, yeah. in the UK, they say called instead of named. Who had a bit of a parasitic relationship with Lucas. Coppola would try to use, to use him for his own benefit. <laughs> the making of Apocalypse Now, the formation of Zoetrope Studios is an amazing story, or a fascinating story. After A New Hope blew up, Coppola attempted to talk Lucas into into cashing in on both the Star Wars fame and the New Age mysticism craze of the 70s by creating a new religion that would use force crystals people would pay for along the veins of Scientology. Lucas got skeezed out over this, and they parted ways. I cannot help but wonder (laughs) if that experience unnerved Lucas so much that he decided to nip the whole real-world religion possibility with nutjob fans, out entirely by creating midichlorians to ruin such a concept. This is just a personal conjecture. And I had a specific thought about that. I had never heard anything about this stuff until today. (laughs) I love this conspiracy theory. (laughs) Also, side note to the side note, I also never really minded the midichlorians, to be honest with you. To me, they didn't demystify the Force. They actually just made the idea of keeping faith more of a struggle for the characters. So it's almost like... If somebody is athletically inclined, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a great basketball player, but they can be a better basketball player than somebody that isn't athletically inclined. Mm-hmm. To me, midichlorians was just kind of like a marker, not the reason. That's exactly what it is. I think maybe the story tells it wrong, like badly. Because it's but, terrible. Yeah, but it's yeah. supposed to be that the midichlorians just are a marker of someone's force ability. It's not that... Yeah. You have to, I mean, yeah, you have to have Mortnichlorians to use the Force, but it's everyone has them. They're in yeah. the, the world, like the universe at large. But I heard tell of one of his ideas for the sequel trilogy mm-hmm. is some sort of... Um, it's the wills of the Force. Yeah. 
Right. He said he wanted to go into the microscopic world yeah. and explore the wills of the Force, which has been explored before, like, in the story. It's just we've never actually seen the wills specifically. Mm-hmm. But they were kind of supposed to be, like, gods almost of the Force, like, just, like, higher beings who maybe had some influence over it or something like that. So devoid of intentions, if that was... If, if his further intentions later on down the road with a sequel trilogy were supposed to be doubling down on midichlorians being the only reason and the only why for the force that i wouldn't feel this way but, but I, I feel this way because it was really just mentioned as once being an earmarker for finding somebody right. that is force sensitive but i don't think this has any it doesn't really have anything to do with midichlorians it's just that it's a microscopic thing like the like the midichlorians and the wills i think are different those are different concepts. I thought the wills actually like manifested and or placed midichlorians in people. Like it was essentially these wi- these wills or whatever were the puppet masters of choosing destinies. Mm. So yeah, know, the midichlorians sure. are like a tool yeah. of the wills, okay. which I think isn't. It's kind of terrible. Hmm. Yeah, I never liked the midichlorians. Um, I just thought it was kind of kind of sucked all the any of the mysticism out of it Mm -hmm. but yeah anybody else no i don't i could care to to fuck less um the force (laughs) awakens brandon (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) i gotta do something me 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 me. this movie is well crafted on a filmmaking level proper techniques are utilized and they actually leave the blue screen room and go out into the real world to shoot footage it is competently made on a narrative level. There are clear protagonists and antagonists. <clears throat> the story has a coherent structure and things essentially make sense, but it comes up short on originality of story and plot. The reason why there is still a conflict is never explained. Starkiller Base is a tired return back to the well, and Abrams' mystery box bullshit is on full display with a refusal to fully inform the viewer about anything. It resurrects the premise of Star Wars, but doesn't offer anything original. I'm acutely aware of the culture war out there as a woman and as a feminist. Reactions were boo, a Mary Sue to yay girl power. My reaction was neither. I'm looking for something truly new. Flipping the protagonist gender and opening up diversity isn't enough. Your thoughts here, maybe. (coughs) Fair. I enjoyed The Force Awakens, but much like Return of the Jedi, I enjoy it wildly on the charm and effectiveness of the actors. Mm -hmm. It was also the most visually arresting Star Wars movie that we had to date, which made it stand out to me at the time. I also love the three... uh, I I love the four main characters' additions to the series. Ray, Kylo, Finn, and Poe. So, to me, it was more of a positive experience in Mm -hmm. the theater, despite its Return of the Jedi-style flaws. I was super into this movie when it first came out, despite being ridiculously aware of how derivative it was of A New Hope. Right. Um, as I was there, even as the movie was unfolding, I was like, okay, well, there's that from New Hope. There's this from A New Hope. I don't care. This is fun. I was right. having so right. much fun. Right. And really, when it comes down to a film experience, so much of my takeaway relies heavily on whether or not I'm just having fun. Like, yeah, there are problems with it. There are things I would do different. But as, as Noel said, and we've said before, the main characters of this new sequel trilogy are so charming, um, which I didn't get any of in, in the prequels at all. Nobody in that, those movies were charming or funny or mm-hmm. even all that interesting. And so um, I had given up on Star Wars because of those prequels. And just to be excited about a Star Wars movie felt 
invigorating. Um, I had a smile on my face. I was like nudging the person next to me like, oh, this is cool. This is fun. Um, everyone in here is having a good time. You can feel that they're having a good time. Um, and I just, I love Ray. I love Finn. I love Poe. And I love the sort of vulnerable masculinity that Poe and Finn have together. There's this whole thing where I guess they wanted, um, um, what's his name? Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac wanted them to actually be like lovers and everything. I don't care either way if they are, but I, it was the first time I had seen that sort of vulnerable masculinity of two men hugging and like cheering each other on, even though it's a little quick, like their connection happens very quickly. Um, but uh, it just I, I saw stuff up there on the screen that I hadn't seen and I wasn't expecting to see. So I love Force Awakens, despite it being a remake. It's definitely, like you said, it's a remake of, of A New Hope. Um it Star Wars. I hate calling it a new home, mm -hmm. um, but I enjoyed it as well. I actually thought it was very bold for them to to start the first Star Wars in uh, however long, yeah. and to focus that beginning on a stormtrooper. I mm -hmm. thought that was kind of actually bold storytelling for yeah. them, you know. Um, and I really, I really enjoyed Finn, which is what makes it so egregious what happens along the way in a trilogy to that character. But I liked him. I loved Ray. I loved her from the, the second that she hits the screen. Mm -hmm. I loved her. I felt she had a lot more. Well, all of the characters are just more fleshed out mm -hmm. than any of the characters in the original trilogy. Even yeah. as much as you grew to love them, you're introduced to them. You're made to love them because you're told to love them mm -hmm. in the movie. As opposed to these people, they kind of like grow on you. They felt more fleshed out. Um, the the action scenes, I still say the scene with the in the uh, Millennium Falcon, the first them chasing the Millennium Ooh. Falcon is just over it, Jakku. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh my God, it's such a I, and the way the camera follows it, and you're right behind them, and it's oh, it's oh, it's so fucking amazing man yeah. um so yeah it was derivative but knowing that this was the first one out the box i'm like okay this is you know you gotta he's getting his his, his star wars jones on jj mm -hmm. abrams I'll, I'll give him i'll give him that um so i was in i didn't there were some things that i didn't like i didn't feel were fully fully earned i mm -hmm. you know to this day still don't think that the uh han solo's death scene is well done at all. Oh, I love that. That's my scene. favorite part of the entire oh, movie. Oh, it gets me every time. Well, yes, him dying, but I just, I felt it was very telegraphed, and I just didn't. Oh, I just, yes. I just, I didn't like the necessarily the direction of yeah. it. Like, man, I, I felt that out. to my bones. I was not ready. Like, I, I, I was sure. You knew it was knowing, happen. knowing what I know about Harrison Ford and his very loose connection to these movies and his willingness to go into them. Uh, I knew that he was probably going to die because mm. it's always just a matter of time. And um, so I went in going, well, he's probably not going to make it. I still felt it. I was like, I, I walked out. I said, I was not ready. I was uh, not ready to say goodbye to Han Solo. It was, it was the two actors. Yeah. The two actors made it work so hard. Like that conversation, that was like the most replayed scene for me, the conversation, mm. the choice of touching his face after he stabs him. Mm. Like, all of it soup to nuts from from walking on the platform to uh, Chewie shooting uh, Kylo is yeah, just the most effective so emotional beat in 
most of the movies. I don't know. I, I think I it's a little undercut it. later with Chewie just walking past Leia and them not even acknowledging each other. Yeah, that was. I was like, also, where are you going? If you, if you think about it, um, Ben grew up with Chewie. Yeah. yeah. So Uncle it's like Chewie. Uncle Chewie just shot me. But yeah. also Uncle or, Chewie didn't kill me. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people say maybe that's why he didn't kill him is because uh, it's his cause practically it's, his nephew. My nephew, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, I didn't. Even, we didn't really bring up Adam Driver. To me, oh, when I heard Adam yeah. Driver was going to be in this movie, I was like, oh, that dick bag from Girls. I don't know. He's creepy, weird. I don't know if he is so good. He's one of the best. He carries, parts in of my this. opinion, he carries the trilogy. Yeah. Well, I think it's him and Ray and their duality and how they shared screen time. I think to me, I really enjoy watching them together. But Adam Driver is a powerhouse actor in these mm-hmm. movies. This was my introduction to him as an yeah. actor, even though I knew I knew of him from other mm-hmm. things. But uh, yeah, he's no joke. He's a yeah. real deal. Yeah. He, I think, he is the MVP of these movies for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah no, no, no doubt. She continues. The Last Jedi. This movie is profoundly frustrating. Well-crafted on a filmmaking level with one serious issue. Well-crafted on a narrative level with one serious issue. Well-crafted characterizations with one serious issue. The filmmaking issue is the Canto Bite scene. It's fine on its own, but as included, it derails the pacing of the movie in a way that the film just doesn't recover from. The narrative issue is related to the Canto Bite scene, but extends to the film as a whole. The characters end the film essentially where they started. No one has progressed in any meaningful way. Snoke has a non Snoke was a non-entity as developed, so ex- exiting him doesn't fundamentally change anything. Rey only vaguely becomes stronger. Kylo remains conflicted. The number of rebels is reduced, highlighted in an end scene that should be somber and apocalyptic, but comes off as weirdly joyful. The characterization issue is with Rose. The love crash at the end makes no sense. She saves his life at the projected expense of everyone else's lives, and there's no realistic way he could have survived within that beam as portrayed. Nor could she reach him in time. Nor would they survive that crash. It's just a frustrating scene forced into existence for the sake of an emotional moment outside the plausible bounds of reality as constructed. Finn reached the laser and slamming into it for a catastrophic explosion that would have taken out most of the First Order troops would have been a powerful moment. I had tears in my eyes believing that was about to happen. But if that was the outcome, it's arguably the same old trope of the black character dying in service of the white characters. So, I don't know what the best way to handle it would have been. As it is, I was left confused and vaguely frustrated, if not annoyed. Your thoughts here, maybe? Noel? I got thoughts. The purpose of Canto Bite was to show just how indifferent and apathetic the rest of the galaxy, explicitly the ruling class, was to the plight of this Star War, including but not limited to the profiteers of war and the benefits of, this, of its cyclical nature, as evidenced in the DJ character. Finn and Poe's constant failure, derived from the not stepping back and listening, is an important point. As for Finn's fate, I found the potential and uncertainty of it thrilling, only to be resolved in a very serialized storytelling kind of way, yes. which is truly Star Wars. Um, my biggest problem is the Rose kiss. And that's that, I think, is just pacing within the moment, mm-hmm. within that scene. I don't care that she saves him. It doesn't bother. I, I don't. It doesn't bother me that she saves him and that they crash, and he runs over. And I even like her line: "This is how we win by saving those we love, not fighting what we hate." And I thought that was a very powerful and, and positive message. My problem is, 
she delivers that line, she kisses him, and then just falls asleep. It's, you know, someone hit her snooze button, and then she just went bloop. So it's really just, I can't tell if it's acting or whatever, but they also do a similar thing in Rise of Skywalker, which also makes me laugh. Uh, but yeah, I think if you just cut around Canto Bite as a plot and just lift it out of the movie, I'd be much happier. Um, there's a sequence in there with all of the horses running that feels episode one silly. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just waiting for someone to scream poodoo. Um, so I didn't really like that very much. And the fact that the big emotional thing for Rose on that planet is all of these children who are enslaved at this casino, and then she saves the horses, whatever they are, right? And then considers it a job well done. Like, you're, you're flying away, and there's literal children slaves right there but you saved a couple of horses so added a little bit of issue with that now that being said as much as i don't like the strange affectation that dj puts on uh guillermo oh no uh, benicio 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 del toro Toro. that kind of weird (laughs) not really a um stutter stutter, yeah it's not though he makes Mm. a sound before he speaks it's not really like a stutter would be he also stutters okay sure um as much as i find that a little annoying I like his character and I like what he represents in the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. and how even he shows Finn, I believe, like, oh, we've stolen this bad guy's, you know, this war profiteering guy's uh, boat. But he's also making stuff for the good guys, too. So yeah. I kind of like that. And the, mm-hmm. I think the most important thing that The Last Jedi presents is this gray area. Yes. Not everything is black and white. And I thought that that was a new sort of look. In the Star Wars universe, it expanded the universe. Yeah, and yeah, I appreciated that. I, th- I thought it took chances, and most of all, I really liked. I thought it dealt with things in a way that made people uncomfortable, but I think were appropriate. Uh, I know a lot of people were mad about how Luke acts in this movie, and I thought it was spot on. Like, I didn't like it. Right at first, I was like, "Ah, oh, this is weird." But then, the more I sat in it, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, "Well, yeah." J.J. Uh, Abrams had him hiding on an island. Where no one could find him, but he's, he's just gonna take his lightsaber and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go use, do a lightsaber battle real quick." He was in self exile for right. a reason, right? right. Yeah. He even says also, that he's like, "You think I came to an an unfindable island for no reason?" Also, every single Jedi that we've seen in the entirety of the saga that is over the age of forty five is a grizzled, dejected human or, yes. or alien or whatever. Yeah. You know, like they yeah. they yeah. don't remember Yoda was in a swamp. They yeah. don't they don't age well. <laughs> Yeah, like right. living living in war and, and in constant like battle with yourself mm-hmm. does not mean you become a messiah. Now I do think it sort of retreads Finn's character arc from completely. Yeah, yeah, from the previous film where he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna run. We can't beat the we can't beat the I almost said Empire. Same thing. We can't beat the first, first order. order. First, first order. order. Thank you guys. Um, but I'm gonna fight anyway. And then in this one, he's. Like, well, we can't win, so I'm just going to go save Ray, And then he finally decides to see, fight. See, I, I, I disagree because I think that he does spend the first one, um, Force Awakens, pretty much, you know, thinking about running but being pulled back maybe yeah. for Ray or for whatever reason. And while at the beginning of The Last Jedi he thinks of, he thinks of running, he is quickly you know, pulled back by Rose. And I think the rest of that movie is really about him 
you know, accepting and embracing his role as part of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think he actually even speaks to speaks to that and is the reason why at the end he feels he's ready to give himself into like this. I'm playing my part. You know? Yeah, his lines with Phasma at the end too is embracing being rebel scum. Rebel right. scum. Yeah. But um, and also Tell too, it. the um, the idea that this this movie actually takes place a day or two after the end, or like a couple days after the not end long of after, right. the yeah. Force Awakens. So his his arc is not solidified in right. Force Awakens. He literally gets sliced in half almost. Mm-hmm. And then nice. is in a back to tank. Yeah. He's, if anything, that dalliance with hero- heroism it did not serve him well. Right. So right. the idea of him still being skittish is not something that bothers me at all. Yeah. So okay. I, I actually, I, see that. I, I actually liked his arc. I actually p- thought also part of his embracing it was him. You know, say what you will about the whole scheme of getting the cold breaker and going to Canto mm. Bite, but I thought him saying, okay. I'm going to take that on. Like, not me and Poe. No, mm. I'm going to go. And yeah. if Rose comes, she comes. Um, and we're going to go do that. Was him kind of like embracing his, his role in in this, whole, yeah. in, in this rebellion. Them going to Canto Bight, it opens up the, the universe. So you see the the world of gray that has happened in the Star Wars. I like that. The fact that there is a, a bit of a ticking clock, which mm-hmm. speaks to Rose not maybe... You know, recognizing the plight of the children, but also recognizing I can't rescue all of them, Mm -hmm. you know, because I've got this clock going on, but also sees what's happening with these animals. And she's feeling moved by Mm -hmm. that. So she she's going to wants to do something. And they're a diversion, not just like it's not like I must free these. It's just like we can free these. And that's our cover. So be our be our cover. So um and I didn't mind that ultimately that whole the whole idea of getting the code breaker and, and remember they got the wrong guy. Right. Yeah. So it was all a failure. It was all a failure. I didn't mind that because if you look back at the Empire Strikes Back, it was a failure. Hmm. And then they get a double cross. Mm-hmm. So the same thing happens here. Yeah. So I, I Everybody who's calling shenanigans on it, I like that at least it introduced a whole nother world, mm-hmm. and I dug it. I, cool. yeah. yeah, I think The Last Jedi is 100% pure Star Wars at the same time as being mm-hmm. 100% not Star Wars. Yeah. It yep. is, the movie's fucking masterful. I love it. And, I love and it. I, lo- I actually like Luke throwing away the lightsaber. Ditto. Not so, so much good. because of, you know, like... He wasn't being disrespectful. He's come to see the the force as something that is it's beyond just having it makes you good with this yeah. gun. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to you. The force doesn't belong to you at all. He tells he shows Ray that it's it's not it's not mine. It's not the Jedi's. It's yeah. not the Siths. It's everyone. And the movie tells you that at the end mm-hmm. when you see the little kids. But he had cut himself off from the force. Yeah, but it was he he cut himself off from the force in order to protect getting misused again. Like it was part of his failure. That doesn't necessarily mean that he didn't understand it. Yeah, true. I'm gonna save my thoughts for the last Jedi till the last bit because she still has more about it. Yeah. Okay. There's more. Want me to go? Sure. The humor, <clears throat> the humor for the most part is badly done, from the lightsaber throw to your mama. Not because I personally didn't find it funny, therefore it's a subjective complaint, but because the movie is a tonal mess. 
I said a lot. You can't lurch from funny, quippy moments to somber serious. That's not how utilizing humor to undercut tension works. It's a more deliberate art than that. It feels like a ham-fisted attempt to ape Whedon, and that particular style is already starting to wear thin from Whedon's own work, let alone from imitators. The frustrating part is that there is an amazing movie buried in The Last Jedi somewhere, dying to get out. The idea of burning it all down and creating a gray hybrid order of light-slash-dark Jedi had me fascinated. Leia's force pull back into the ship was fine. Every other Star Wars movie, OT and the prequels, introduced new force powers with each entry, mm-hmm. so nerds need to get over it. Holdo's sacrifice was fine, but maybe it could have used a supportive line explaining how impossibly expensive it would be for the Resistance to use that as a tactic. Mm-hmm. Nerds need to get over it. Your thoughts here, maybe. <coughs> well, hold on. Brandon wanted to go. Oh. Well, I was just going to say, I agree with a lot of this. I really didn't like the humor of the movie um, in general. I honestly... I just movies in general. I'm starting to kind of get. I feel like the humor is starting to become very one note. Um, but I also I disagree with the whole creating a gray Jedi hybrid thing. I think like I like it in theory, but I don't necessarily think it was well done. Um, back to the Canto Bite thing too, because I didn't talk about that stuff. I didn't like it. I didn't like Canto Bite at all. I've rewatched the movie. I still don't really like it. Um, I don't really like that. They went for a code breaker and then they got DJ instead, but they were told they're like, this is like a one in a million thing and they need this specific code breaker. Then they find some guy in a prison and it worked out. Yeah. That really annoyed me. Um, in general, I don't like, and I guess I could save this to Rise of Skywalker, but I'll just say now I don't like how Finn, I think, is treated in these movies. Because to me, he should be like a secondary main character. Like, he has more connection to everyone than Ray. Like, he knows Ray, he knows Finn, he knows Phasma. Yeah, so did I say... You said he knows Finn. Oh, yeah, he knows Poe. He like he has a connection to... He has a greater connection, in my opinion, to the First Order than Rey, unless... I guess that's kind of changed now. But he has a great connection to the First Order, but then he also has a reason to join the Rebellion. <laughs> to me, he should have been... The linchpin. Right, and yeah. he wasn't, and that frustrates me. Um, I didn't like the love crash. It did really frustrate me that like Poe was going to do it, and then... Rose knocked him out of the way, and then nothing... Finn was going to do it. Yeah. They're used interchangeably. They're not. That's my fault, honestly. Um, but yeah, I wish I wish he'd either been let to do it, or that scene just hadn't happened at all, because it, it frustrated me. I feel like I still would have done the same thing that she mentioned, which is like, oh, the black guy's got to com- get a... Right, if it happened, all yeah. The white people? yeah. It could have been Finn, although it doesn't necessarily, I guess, work with his art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is fun. Just say um, you're doing it on purpose at this point. I am, totally, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't like the Holdo scene, the Holdo arc. Like, I get that she wants to put Poe. I almost did it again. I get that she wants to put Poe in his place, but to me, there was no reason for her not to tell him. And if she that's doesn't true. tell him specifically, that's fine. But she just, there's a large group of people, enough yeah. people to want to rebel that she doesn't tell the plan. To me, there's no real reason for that. So that really frustrated me. Yeah, I, I don't agree that the humor is a tonal inc- tonally inconsistent. Um, you can pivot from funny and quippy to somber. Um, movies have been doing it for 100 years. Like yeah. I, that does dozens not dozens of decades. Yeah, dozens of decades. Now, to be fair, it is not typical for a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. and I get that that might be jarring, not necessarily for Pink, but for a lot of people when they complained, uh-huh. you know, like why would you make a uh, a telephone joke? Oh, you mean like they the one they did in New Hope? Oh, everything's here, fine. Thank you, thank you for asking. How are you doing? How are you? Yeah, yeah listen. Yeah, I, I get th- I get that. I, I can understand how it might be jarring if you're. Ex- 
the whole problem with The Last Jedi is that many people were expecting something very specific, and they did not get it. I think the whole problem with the sequel trilogy in general is that fans have their idea of what Star Wars is, and they're not willing to let that change. But who the fuck are we to tell exactly. you what Star Wars is? Right. Yeah. We're just, we're, we're, we are passive participants in this journey. You don't have to like where it's going, but you can't say that it's wrong. Right. And that's the problem that I have with yeah. a lot of this shit. That I was, mean, that's a that's a much broader um, conversation about, quote unquote, fans feeling like they are entitled to getting exactly what they want. And if they don't do it, they're going to start a petition to get what they want. Yeah. But that was my, my problem with her comments about the prequels, like about Yoda and like how that doesn't him having a lightsaber and stuff doesn't fit with his, the image of him. To me personally, like. It does. It's fine. Like, I think that's, that's again, about, like, mm-hmm. what Star Wars is to you. And everyone's, um, everyone is entitled to their, their version of Star Wars, so I don't yeah, and begrudge to, to like, it. To, in defense, she actually, she actually says, like, it's my personal right. yeah. problem with what they did with, with Yoda. But, I mean, that kind of, like, humor shift is, if, if you've seen any of Ryan Johnson's other movies, yeah, it's very much his style, which I love. Uh, and I loved seeing it influenced in a Star Wars movie, in a Star War. I think this movie is the best one. The more and more I get yeah. away from it, this is my favorite Star Wars. I don't Wars think movie. it's my, I don't think it's the best one, um, but it is at the top. I was, you know, maybe I should amend that. I don't think it's. It may not be my favorite on any given day, but I actually think it's the best one. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to J- JD about this earlier. I think it is a good movie, but I still don't think it is a good. It do, I don't think it fits well into a trilogy. Mm-hmm. I think it does a lot to de- derail the story in a lot of ways, yeah. like the overarching story. And I don't think I think a lot of the problems that ar- arise in the Rise of Skywalker. I didn't mean to do that, but I think those problems are partly because this movie kind of leaves J.J. Abrams in a bind. And he oh, tried I can't wait to talk about that because yeah, I disagree I with that I don't entirely. Think it's in I, yeah, I think it's I the think, other way around. I think him trying to negate the things that happen in this movie put him in a bind Um, but we can talk about that Rise of Skywalker she continues it's fine on a technical level I don't agree with complaints that it moves too fast with editing but it's a cobbled together narrative Frankenstein's monster that manages to successfully lurch across the finish line in a way that exceeds Revenge of the Sith but falls short of Return of the Jedi itself a cobbled together work but with a more coherent narrative. Rise of Skywalker completely falls apart under the scrutiny of reality construction, but that's typical of Abrams and the reason why he destroyed Star Trek. He crafts cool scenes and visuals with little, if any, regard to the logic supporting them. He obviously tries to undo tone mistakes made by The Last Jedi, but unnecessarily throws away Rose from 10 minutes in Last Jedi to one minute in Skywalker, as well as the only compelling idea in The Last Jedi, starting over with no light or dark in total control. The final confrontation isn't explained well enough and relies too heavily on you just accepting it with vague depictions and assertions. Nerds bitching about Palpatine not simply shutting off his force lightning to keep from killing himself clearly missed the obvious depiction that he 
can't. He kept casting it all the way down that chute in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> That's, true. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, Sparkles. the moment he shot the Force Lightning into the sky and started blowing up all the ships pulled me right out of the movie. It was too far over the top for me and too much to accept. Chewie getting a medal was weird meta-level fan service that pulled me out of the movie as well. Noel, your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> huh? <laughs> <laughs> I do not disagree with this. Uh, while I enjoyed watching the movie, and always will, as time went on, it started to decay a little from my own internal scrutiny. It does not hold up completely when pressed on very simple questions, some of which you note, like Chewie getting the medal, but also... The nature of the dyad, what the hell it is and why, seemingly haphazard insertion of Palpatine and his quote-unquote plans, and all the way down to why a stranger in the desert comes out of nowhere to ask you your surname. (laughs) For the second time in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Cynically, it all feels like it's for me and not in service of the story, me being the fan, which, in my opinion, was (laughs) was in an original and was an unoriginal, or bleh, in my opinion was in an original and exciting place post The Last Jedi. Mm. For the first time in my life, I saw a Star Wars movie that was genuinely, and I was genuinely unsure as to how it would be wrapped up. Then, that excited uncertainty was more or less homogenized by a safe return to favorite tropes and characters. Ultimately, I feel a way that this, that that, regardless of how much fun I felt in the moment. So I feel, sorry, ultimately I feel a way about this, regardless of how much fun I had in the moment. Mm -hmm. So like it doesn't, the further and further I get away from it, the more that it tarnishes. Mm-hmm. Even though that first recording we did, less than an hour after watching it, I loved. Yeah. Yeah. But I it's remember, just, it's fallen away. Yeah. When we did that, I remember I was a little iffy on it. Mm-hmm. But I actually, after we got this email and we decided to do this, I rewatched it on Friday. I went to the theater and saw the movie. And I did not like it, I think. Mm. I still liked the beginning. But towards the end, I found myself like shaking my head. A lot, and just like wanting to get out of there, honestly. Yeah, but not at your parts. I still liked some parts of the movie that I think. I think some people. I don't know. Personally, I didn't. I my problems with it. There were just there were a lot of problems I had with it. Still, it's still on a level. It's on some levels. It still kind of plays out like cutscenes in a video game, Hmm. like the highlights as opposed to experiencing the story. I will say though, it's like everything. I love that opening. I still really love it like oh, with kylo? kylo yeah where he's going from planet to planet mm-hmm. even though a planet I, apparently one of those planets is mustafar and we're yeah. never told but but it's hardly an opening it's a mm. it's a vignette of like stuff that has no context until like it's well i feel like there was context what are you talking about they literally say he's going and he's seeking out yeah but the, palpatine and then he finds the wayfinder and then he finds his way to palpatine and yeah, it, it's like a, essentially, it's like cutscenes of a right. better story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, I don't understand how that works. I don't know what that. So means. instead of instead of like, I didn't miss anything of, out of that. No, no, no. I, I know I, I, you get it on paper. It makes perfect sense what he's doing and that he's doing it. However, the way that it's executed is not telling me a tale. It's literally just kind of like showing me quick scenes to kind of get me there because they have no. They, there's there's very little care almost well, in pulling. 
I mean, it's not really. I don't. I don't even think it's a mathematical problem where it's going to be fixed for me. I'm just saying that it doesn't have any kind of real weight or gravitas for me because it's just reverse engineered from a reveal that they need to get out of the way. Hmm. Yeah. You know, like it's not. It's not something that's revelatory. It's something that's just like, hey, we got to quickly in the first five minutes introduce Palpatine because we're we're pushing that in. Mm. So how do we reverse engineer that as opposed to it's you know, feeding me and, and mm-hmm. pulling me through. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that in the moment wasn't feeling. Yeah. After seeing it like uh, two more times and thinking about it, and it's like, yeah, it is a little weightless. It's a little I've I've flavorless. Problems I have don't have anything to do with the pacing, I don't think. I think everything I have a problem with revolves around undoing anything that was remotely interesting about The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I overall, I still enjoy the movie because it is a serialized silly um romp it's a star war so you know and again the cast is so charming that i just like watching them so um i think some of my problems with that film are about um the most egregious thing i think was rose and how she was just unceremoniously booted from the entire storyline she had Um, had homework to do like not only was she they, they they pretend like they couldn't they didn't know what to do with her, right. but then they created new characters that could have that easily, easily been, her been character. Rose. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> to me, as egregious as that, as that was, and that probably still is the most egregious thing. Yeah. But the more and more I think about that film and the disservice that they do to Finn's mm. character, um, so that he is basically just running around yelling after um, Ray Ray the yeah. whole fucking movie. Um, I I really just don't like this movie at all. Oh yeah. I I I, I have solidly landed on <laughs> I do not like this movie. Um and one of the things I thought about in rewatching all of them, the writing is on the wall right from the beginning of the film. Every single solitary film that starts with, you know, it, uh, it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Blah, Star Wars. And then you see the scroll chapter. And then there's the title. And that title is always the name of the movie. In this one, it isn't. What? In, it doesn't say The Rise of Skywalker? Nope. What? In this one, it says The Dead Speak. Well, no. I think that's the first line, but I no, don't think a, it says no, Rise of Skywalker. There's a title card. I don't think it says Rise of Skywalker. It does. I don't think it says Rise the of Skywalker. The first lines. Of, I don't think it says Jesus Rise of Christ, Skywalker. Jesus Christ, knock it off. The lines that are um, in the crawl are the dead speak, but bef- at the top of that is always the title of the movie. I I I I don't think it does. Okay. We shall still see. Okay. Yeah. Right, we're we're going to go see that movie I'm right li- now. No, I'm literally pulling it up. <laughs> you know, because Brandon is there. Wait, do you have it on your computer? It's on YouTube, apparently. What? And it says, Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. The dead speak. Ha-ha. It's the first line. It's the first, yeah, the first line is an exclamation point, which I don't think any of the other ones are. Okay. Yeah. All right. All caps. Well, maybe the writing wasn't on the wall. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I know that, like, the, the purpose of the, the opening right crawl... The purpose of the opening crawl is to kind of like like a like a serialized story. We'll we'll give you like a heads up of what's happening. Yeah. But this is the first time that it's felt like we don't have time to tell you this other plot contrivance. <laughs> right. That was which which, which is, one feels the word like hey this character has returned for after sixty years. That was that's where don't I'm worry about with, it with my last Jedi thing is I think I think like you 
um, I think that they didn't necessarily want to have Kylo be the bad guy because I think they they wanted him to be redeemed. And so they needed someone. I think they wanted him to be redeemed, but they also wanted someone for the good guys to beat at the end and like definitively like kill beat. And so they needed to bring someone else in. And I think they couldn't. I don't think there was any way they could do that in one movie and make them feel like a, a competent villain. And so I think that's why Palpatine was brought in. So it's cowardice. Yep. Sure. So it's narrative cowardice. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I thought it made perfect sense. As soon as I heard they were going to do it, I went, all right, that makes sense to me. Let's do it. I it's was the end of a it's it's basically the Palpatine saga. Right. At this point, if he comes back and he's been behind everything this whole time. And the fact that in the legend stuff, it's been well established that he yeah. has. First of all, cloning is definitely a thing because we have a whole clone army. But we can't reference the, legends. That well, it's not that we that can't reference legends. It's just life. that I know so I'm that just when saying... it happens here, I wasn't surprised. I went, "Oh, okay, clones, got it. Hmm. Let's move on." Well, I th- that's just it. But like, I don't think it, it. Again, putting it all on paper makes perfect sense. A to B to C totally makes sense. That's fine. Hmm. I get it. They've established this, but in execution, it was. It felt like this was shoehorned here, and this was serviced here. Like, hmm. it feels more like checklists than sure. telling mm-hmm. me a story. Yeah, I can. Which. Delicious popcorn, empty calorie. Yeah. My problem. Delicious with it, hamburger, empty calorie. Like it's just. Mm. Yeah, my problem with it is that they don't. I, from what I saw, they don't say it's a clone. We they just don't. assume that. Yeah. They don't yeah. say well, anything because we've got the two halves of a Snoke clone. Right, but they Snoke don't. Clone. They don't two say anything. Yeah. They don't say anything, which is my when when Palpatine was announced, my biggest concern, but also excitement was that. For me, this movie was going to hinge on how he came back. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out how he came back, who knows? Yeah. It's anything you want it to be. Well, it's in the crawl. He's just back. Yeah, he's just here. He also seems to have hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of, hundreds of cult followers yeah. that Are they also Sith? built who knows? Yeah. hundreds well, and hundreds yeah, of... Followers. But they also built hundreds and hundreds of Star yeah. Destroyers yeah. that build, that, that kill stuff, planets. That stuff really yes. frustrated me. And we, and we know it kills planets because, yet again, it killed a planet in this fucking movie. Also, and I know this isn't an unpopular, this isn't a popular opinion, but when she says that, um, she says that manages to successfully lurch across the finish line in a way that exceeds Revenge of the Sith, I disagree. Personally. I I liked it better. I, well, yeah, I I think it's a better movie, but I think Revenge of the Sith completes its story in a better way than this movie does. Like Anakin's rise is completed. Palpatine becomes the emperor from just a lowly center. Like I think... The rise of the characters, like the story they're, then, yeah, the storyline they're being told, yeah. I think works better. Guys, yeah. is the prequel trilogy the best one because it was a plan? No, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that, by the way. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I hate this fucking movie. I don't like Rod Skywalker. Okay. <laughs> when's got his hood up? When's the Sith now, guys? Yeah. yeah. I mean, she continues. Rise of Skywalker. Side note: Ray kept using a staff until she got her lightsaber. I was super disappointed that she didn't join Luke and Leia's sabers together and turn them into a staff at the end of Skywalker. It seemed like an obvious, satisfying no-brainer. Didn't even occur to me, honestly. Mm. Um, it's over, and for that I'm glad. I was never a hardcore adult fan to begin with, so it's fair to say I'm fatigued. I've heard good things from people I trust about the Mandalorian. But haven't bought mm. Disney Plus yet. It's not a cartoon, so I'll give it a shot. I just need to take a rest from all of it before I do. Um, and that's that's the end of the email. Uh, the Mandalorian, I think everyone, I think we can all agree, is great. Yeah. Yeah. We it's can, wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's worth seven bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you only get 
Disney for that month. You know, you know, knocking out what a show a week. It's a nice, quiet samurai tale, western tale. Mm-hmm. You know, lone wolf and cub, basically. Yep. It's character based as opposed yeah. to yeah. plot driven. Yeah. I mean, there's a plot, but it's it's you care about it because of the characters as opposed to we're you know moving this big boulder up a hill. Right. Great email, though. That was a good Thank email. You. Thank you so much, Pink Thank Apocalypse. Thank you, Pink Apocalypse. I, uh, I hope I'm just it... put it out there. We're not going to do this for every other email. No one that else comes. do this, Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's Doctor Who, and okay. then maybe no one, no one, I'll get to it. I, yeah, no, I'll talk about Doctor Who. <laughs> um, I can we can I apologize in advance for if she's listening to this and has at any point. Banged her head against a wall. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just sorry. That's in reference Same. to an email from that she sent to oh. you. Spoiler alert about continuity. We should have just had her Skype in. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good idea. God damn it! Oh, I didn't think of it till too late. Um, anything else we want to touch on before we head out? Any other Star, Star Wars related? Do you guys have anything? Have any idea of what you would have done instead for a sequel trilogy? Not for brought a in Palpatine. Tr- a sequel trilogy? Or yeah, just the- as a whole. Or or as any of the movies, if you have anything where you're like, I wish they had done this. I wish they had had the the courage to make the final one about truly Ray and Kylo. And Kylo, you mm-hmm. still could have redeemed them at the end. Mm-hmm. You still could have actually redeemed them the same way, redeemed them and have them die. Mm-hmm. So it actually still could have been this like that same ending. I, my favorite part of Rise of the Skywalker is the training sequence with Leia and Luke. That was. Sorry, keep going. That was it. I, I just, as soon as they showed that, I was like, oh, yeah, finally, of course. Because ever since the original trilogy, I sat down and with my friends and we were talking, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, of course, Leia. Leia, she's Force-sensitive now, right? So she's going to be a Jedi. Eventually, Luke's going to train her to be a Jedi. That's going to be awesome. And so the fact that we got to just get a glimpse of that, some poorly CGI'd uh, daughter, um, I, was, uh, it, I was so happy to see it. I loved yeah. it. And, you know, everyone gave the... They kept calling it the Mary Poppins scene with Leia in space. Yeah. It's because, I mean, to me, I agree with him. It does look a lot like Mary Poppins. It doesn't look great, like great CGI. Yeah. Oh, the CGI doesn't That's look great. That's why they're calling it that. But the, Because it look, she looks like Mary Poppins. Uh, people, everyone who talked to me about it was upset that she was flying through space. And I'm like, she's not flying. She's using the force to pull herself instead of pulling right. the thing toward her. Right. Yeah. Right. But she's moving in the vacuum it, of space where yeah. there's no weight. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but yeah, seeing her training in this. And then her lightsaber I thought was really cool. Like, I'm glad she had her own lightsaber. But I do like Ray's lightsaber. I, if someone does a replica of Ray's lightsaber, I want it. You mean if someone? When? <laughs> I've, I've been looking for it and it doesn't exist yet. I also I didn't love Leia's scenes I liked them the first time I saw the movie but this time knowing that they were from The Force Awakens I I see what people thought when they were saying like people definitely say things to match the dialogue a lot I didn't mind that my favorite part of this movie that I I do not like, but my favorite part is the fight <laughs> a, across the force. Yeah. Between oh, so good. Kylo awesome. and I love Ray. that. That is a that it's is a well done. One scene. of the few things that actually expounds upon something that happened in the Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Actually, and I do like I absolutely love watching um, Kylo's Ben Solo's arc. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like his whole journey to becoming that like. You know, hero for five minutes. Yeah, 
I really, really enjoyed that. That to me was like the best part. The him and Ray, despite my problems with this movie overall, are have been the most enjoyable thing to watch. Like their interactions and their relationship has been the most enjoyable thing to watch, regardless of whether it ends in a kiss or not. Just their both of their experiences with the Force, light and dark, has been compelling in all yeah. three movies, despite flaws. It's the glue for the entire sequel trilogy for me mm-hmm. is those yeah. two and their interactions. Yeah. For sure. I'll tell you another thing. I wouldn't have mind them having the courage to kill Chewbacca. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was another problem is there's yeah. a lot of almost Or death. C-3PO. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a couple of things in here where it's like, dead, psych. Yeah. <laughs> like you, didn't, you barely finished saying the word dead. Before you got the psych, he <laughs> is no longer. Wh- uh, wait, I'm sorry. What? He's back. No, he's there back. he is. Okay. He's oh. fine. Okay. Cool. There's another transport we didn't see. <laughs> okay. Yeah, also, that makes sense. That makes sense. That tracks. Do see Does he interact with Kylo at all? Ever? Mm. What's that? Does he interact with Kylo at all? Right. Strange. Oh no, they don't Especially, give any thought to what his relationship may be. Right. With Kylo. Especially yeah. when he's he's been like, kidnapped and they're acting like strange. He's right there, and yeah. maybe you could have to something be, with Kylo. To be fair, that's not even J.J. Abrams. Nobody, neither director, neither neither movie gives any thought. I don't know that anyone gives much thought to Julie. In in the Last Jedi, they're not on the same planet for the entire movie. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Right, I so mean, at the so very now, end, so they think of Ryan Johnson. I can give him a pass. Yeah. So J.J. Abrams does not care. Why are you yeah. so perfect, Ryan Johnson? By the way, everyone go see Knives Out. It's spectacular. Also, that was great. Also, everyone see Marriage Story because Adam Driver's great. Well, yeah, he is great in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's also great in the um. Everything. It's a talkie movie. Um, the report. The report. The report. The report. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. I like that too. Very informational that movie. And he's good in Black Klansman. He's a good actor, oh, he's great guys. In Black Klansman. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. That movie made me cry. I think he well, can act. You guys can email us at. BlackTribbles at gmail.com. Or CoPopGo at gmail.com. You can help the show out if you want to go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. Throw us a couple bucks. That'd be great. As like Pink Apocalypse does. There you go. Well, thanks, Pink. There you go. And you can also really help the show out as well by going to the podcatcher of your choice and subscribing to Gutter Talk because it's its own feed. Gutter Talk. Check it out. And leave us a rating and a review because that helps other people find our show. Heck yeah. Noel, where can the people find you? Um, uh, weekly, I get to talk about comics with you guys on Spoiler Alert, or you can find me on social media at Mr. Bartocci, M-R-B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I. Brandon! I don't, I don't got anything. All right. Hugs. You Thank you hugs. for taking the survey, everyone who did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Love me, like me, love me. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. I was trying to do the Star Wars theme. I'm sorry, guys. I ruined it. (laughs) 